clean and simple line breaks i mean just even from a visual point of view now chances are people are going to be looking at your website on a phone if at any point the entire screen of your phone is filled with a big block of text the first byte is with the eye and they've probably gone short sentences short paragraphs line breaks split up with imagery Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. It's Andy and Joel, and today we're talking about why most websites are shit. Been a while. We say that every time we talk to each other. It's been a while. Time does fly. So, websites are shit. Um, I know one of my most favourite Steve Jobs quotes is, design is not just how something looks or feels, it's about how it works. Yeah. And that's why most websites are shit, because they don't work. They look pretty, but they don't do what the business yeah. wants it to do. It's the difference between art and design. People used to ask me that because my background for the uninitiated is I'm a graphic designer by trade. And people are like, oh, so you're an artist. I'm like, no, a graphic artist and a graphic designer are different. Why? I was like, well, one, the purpose of one is expression and the purpose of the other is purpose. And I think, I think people really struggle with that. You know, like some cars look really nice, but they're shit underneath. And some cars look shit, but they're really good. Mm. And actually, the the right balance is it looks as it performs. Yeah, you, and your market has to. You know, it's it's a you market. Your website is a marketing tool. Mm. So when a client, a new client comes to us and they're interested in a new website, what's wrong with the current one? Oh, it doesn't get me any leads. Is that what you told your web designer you wanted your website to do? Not very often. Well, <laughs> uh, no, I just told them what kind of pages I wanted, and that's it. And most web designers. I would say, just take a brief, and their retort would be, "Well, you didn't tell me you wanted leads. You didn't tell me you want people to sign up your newsletter. You didn't Mo- tell." And it's like, well, most small businesses get a website because they think they need one, mm. not because of the objective of the business. And you know, I've been building websites for twenty years now, and the first question I always ask is, "What's the objective of this website?" And it has changed. So, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. We're not recording a podcast saying if your website's not making you sales, it's a failing website. That's not necessarily true. But normally, if it's not capturing you data, it's a failing mm-hmm. website. And that data might not be active data, so it might not be sign-ups, but it could be cookie hits or pixel hits where you can then retarget those people with relevant services. And a lot of websites people naively go back to their designer or developer or agency and say i haven't had many inquiries and nine times out of ten that probably shouldn't be the objective anyway and that's quite hard i think for business owners to understand that that it's not very often a point of sale anymore unless it's e-commerce a Mm -hmm. website's not usually your main point of sale it's there as a tool and that's what most people try to do i think they're trying to get the inquiries flooding in, but you're going to have a ton of visitors. Well, hopefully you can have a ton of visitors, but a large percentage of those visitors won't be ripe to inquire. So what are you doing, like you say, to capture their details, yeah. whether it's being able to retarget them, whether it's offering them some kind of lead magnet in exchange for their contact details. The stuff that I think we just consider as marketing 101, but most of the web designers we know are great web designers, but they're not marketers. Yeah, And I guess, like, the difference in behavior between a marketer and a web developer, let's say, would be the first thing we'd look for is which page do people spend the most time on? How long do they spend on there? Where do they navigate next? 
where do they scroll to? A web developer will be thinking, at what point does it break? And they're not wrong to think that. It's just you look that it's, mm. it's two people looking at it from a different perspective. And that will mean that there are companies out there that only need a one-page website from my perspective because there's only one thing that person's ever going to do. Let's say, download a brochure, sign up for my free training, whatever it might be. If you're a professional services company and you you offer multiple professional services that actually take a little bit of explanation, I don't know, a tax specialist, or then I can understand why the website needs a lot more depth. But the reality is the purpose of that website is very different to someone that's using it for a lead magnet. Yeah. So, so, I mean, would you say that if someone's going to brief an agency or a web designer, whoever, for a new website, and all that um, all that supplier is doing is basically saying, yep, yep, do that, yep, ticking boxes, writing notes, but never asking any questions, would you say that's an alarm bell? I mean, the client will ultimately get what they want, won't they? But again, at some point, they'll be like, oh, it's not doing what I thought it would. There's a There's a listening process at the beginning in terms of when you're being briefed and and understanding what the client wants. What the client wants and what the client needs could be different. That's very common in in marketing. So just think about the cryotherapy client that approached us and they wanted all their branding to be red. Yeah. I, the the customer's not always right, believe me. I encounter that more often than I should. I, like motorway driving for me is difficult as, as a graphic designer. Because I see shit, you know, I see, like, gas engineers with, like, green vans. And it's like, you're making life hard for yourself. Plumbers that want to be red, for example. Yeah, cryotherapy clinics that want to be red. And I'm just like, got to give yourself the best possible chance. You know, like, oh, I'm in the eco space, but I want to use purple because everyone uses green. It's like, come on. Like, unless you can explain that quickly... You're making life difficult. Like Octopus Energy have done it well. They're purple because everyone in the energy space is like that British gas blue or, or mm. eco green. And so their character is a pink octopus on a purple background. And it's kind of started to make sense. But if they'd appeared out of nowhere with that purple and pink branding, I think it, it would have been a push. And of course, they've also got a fucking massive advertising budget. Yeah, 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 exactly. They essentially rescued all the energy firms that went bump and got the government to help them. So, yeah, so yeah, if you're a smaller company and you're just trying to be different just for the sake of it, then like you won't get past that first, or you'll struggle to get past that first stage. You know, you've got a couple of seconds to make an impression. If something great, they've gone and you'll probably never get them back. And what is that impression that you want to make? Because if that impression is uh, cheap and easy, which it might be. Um, the website needs to be very accessible, very obvious, very clear. It might be the impression you're trying to create is exclusivity. Now, let's say you're an alcohol brand. First things first, you have to do an age check on your website anyway. You can't get past the sort of pop-up at the beginning unless you've put your date of birth in. So there's age verification, but you can take that a step further because then you could ask someone a question before they get in. And... That, that initial impression is something people forget about. They think that if someone's found their website, they're ready to buy. And I, I'd i say, particularly post-COVID, most people that come to our website 
are either coming to it for reassurance or to be nosy. Mm. It's different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> remembering something else now, um, many, many years ago, I think I've told the story before, a financial advisor who used a 60-second slot to basically bang on about how he's only interested in work, uh, helping high net worth individuals. Mm. He only wanted to consider millionaires as clients. And he gave me his business card at the end. And because he got a new phone number, in a biro, he'd scribbled out his phone number on his business card and written his new phone number in. And I was like, don't you see those two things don't match? You say you want millionaires as clients, yet you can't spend 50 fucking quid on getting some new business cards printed. Maybe, and and maybe, I think some, people, so some people just... They just don't like. They they just don't. They just don't get that. Like say, if you're a premium brand and your website looks shit straight away, that's going to grate, and you won't get yeah. past that first hurdle. And I guess like to sort of dial in on what you're saying there, you're not saying you have to spend a fortune on it. No. Sometimes simple and effective is classy. Yeah, that clean. Is, is that like high end thing? So maybe the website is like let's say it was called Dave. I can't remember, like. Hi, my name is Dave, and I help high net worth individuals make more from their hard earned cash. Dot dot dot. Contact form. I guarantee there'll be no one else in this space that has a clean website like that. Yeah. That 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 would be effective. They'll be trying to fill every inch with something. Just like, like the stock market. Or yeah, whatever, it's yeah. like if you look at like you know you you get a new bloody iMac or something, and the massive box it comes in. You know, on one side there'll just be an Apple logo. It's it's clean and it's classy. You don't, you know, and I struggle with this for a long time. It's like, well, if I've got X amount of real estate, surely I want to fill every inch to get, of information. To get my value out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But clean and simple, line breaks. I mean, just even from a visual point of view now, chances are people are going to be looking at your website on a phone. If at any point the entire screen on your phone is filled with a big block of text, the first byte is with the eye and they've probably gone. Short sentences short paragraphs, line breaks, split up with imagery, and not any old fucking... Sh- I mean, fucking hell. Even I still see shit quality photos. Now, you get good quality photos on an iPhone, I get that, but sometimes you look at it and you're like, oh, my God, that's actually pixelated. Mm. And it's and to be honest, you know, stock imagery, okay, there are times and occasions for stock imagery, but generally speaking, you want to be considering investing in a professional photographer to come and take pictures of you and your crew because if I go to your about page and I can't fucking see who you are, I ain't going to get in touch. But I'd say, to be honest, I'd probably say that half the websites I go to don't even have an about page in the first place. Whereas one of the, the massive advantages an independent business has over the big boys is the people behind it. So show me who those people are. Yeah. Show me their faces. Not, not some picture from Unsplash. And it's weird, the ones that do have it, then like make themselves ultra corporate mm-hmm. a lot a lot you'll go and you go on the about page and it'll be like nigel has spent seven years in in the corporate world learning his trade at the weekend he likes to eat rich tea biscuits and you're like, fuck off like why don't you tell us what nigel's about in the tonality that nigel speaks in and maybe show us a picture of him paragliding you know like get into what he's about and I find that really strange that one of the key advantages you have over the big boys or girls is is wasted. Yeah, if people are more likely to buy off you if they buy into you. So who are you? 
if you're just a faceless company, you might as well be a faceless Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Or anything like that. It's like, and if you don't like getting in front of the camera, then get one foot outside the comfort zone. I'm not saying jump into doing bloody videos twice a day, but at least get some photos. Or, or find someone just, who will. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Appoint some senior member of your team, right? They're going to be the face of the business, but you want to see faces. So things like that. So all these different aspects make for a good experience. Someone's on their phone, they find your website, hopefully they find your website, which is a whole other podcast yeah, yeah. probably. And what they see, within seconds, they'll make a judgment about you. I literally had that conversation today. So uh, e-commerce brand, um, maybe not as comfortable as they want to be in terms of creating content. And I said to them, well, who, who does your picking and packing? And uh, they explained, and I was like, well, maybe you could say to them every time they're picking and packing, if they film themselves doing it, you're going to post that on socials with a, an offer code. And every time that offer code gets used, you're going to give them 10% of... Nice. And incentivize the mm. younger person who's sort of socially savvy to, nice. to get involved. Because I completely appreciate if you're a wrinkly old man in your 70s and your e-commerce shop's a sex shop, maybe you mm. packing toys into a box for TikTok is not quite the look you're going for. I, I, I get that, but you, you've got to like play the game. I mean, generally speaking, an about page is the second highest views page on a website. So please do use it. Yeah. It's like the pages on your website use properly. Like if you're going to have a blog for whatever reason, and generally speaking, having a blog is a good thing, but don't have a blog page because you think you should, if you're only prepared to blog twice a year because yeah. I'm interested in your website and I think oh look they've got a blog I click on it last blog four months ago that has done more harm than good yeah yeah you know do it or don't do it you, you, you've got to be committed so if you're going to have a blog page be committed to write a blog I know at least once a month and then Bob's your uncle if but, you're going to yeah. I'll just do it as and when I can be asked don't bother having a blog you don't have to yeah I mean in, in my old business I blogged every week and I'd say all of my web inquiries came through blog topics. So is, is it is they still an essential? I know we don't really talk about the SEO side of things. Maybe there's enough to do another podcast on that. But is that an integral part of SEO? Backlinking for sure, yeah. Because the the game used to be with blogs that people used to write a blog to show that they were an active business. Like you can't, you don't want someone to come on your website in 2024 and see that you last blogged in 2015 mm. and that was a bit depressing I guess because I it's not much fun telling someone you need to do this just to look alive the, most entrepreneurs are not going to be that turned on by that idea whether they're doing it or paying someone else to if you can say the more you do this the higher chance you are of ranking for for popular search terms on Google and therefore creating inquiries or leads or there's more to play with and so it's weirdly with the rise of social media blogging has become much more about providing value for the for the customer mm -hmm. and what what i've tend to find is let's say you're a lifestyle business well you you blog around the periphery of that lifestyle topic so if, if you could be a wellness coach and maybe you cold water swim on a tuesday well, you could you could blog about your adventures of cold water swimming, and then 
transition into the benefits of cold water swimming and then transition into how that affects your mindset and suddenly it's very valuable but also gives insight Mm -hmm. into you versus i don't know like using an app to control your breathing sort of thing so that's where that's where blogs have moved to and then from a technical perspective like in that instance you could then outreach to all the different wellness magazines free wellness websites mums nets all these uh, various programs for men alcohol change all these things and say would you be willing to backlink to this article that i've written around the benefits of cold water mm-hmm. swimming and some will and that will increase your ranking and then you will attract more traffic of the right kind of traffic. I think, you know, that's taken me a minute to explain. For most people, that's too much effort and, and they're kind of wrong. Like we, we, we've got some big clients that are competing in the corporate world on, on difficult search terms that that very technique yeah. I just explained has changed their organic website ranking mm-hmm. fortunes. Yeah, I mean, we always bang on about you can't underestimate the importance of effort. If there's something that is too much effort, no matter how, how big or small it is, then you've got to outsource it if it's beneficial to your business. Because, mm. you know, we talk about hurdles a lot, but, you know, hurdles to purchase. Oh, fuck, I'm on a website. I, I want to I wanna buy something. I want to press this button. But look, they haven't got PayPal or the, oh, fucking hell. And then you put something in your checkout, but you don't check out, so it's sat there in your basket, but you don't get an automated email, maybe with a little offer on to prompt you to check mm. out and complete the purchase. All these little things, tiny little things, requiring tiny bits of effort, the compound effect is you get fewer sales than you should mm. or fewer inquiries than you should. And like even navigating around a website. Now, I was doing a website audit for someone the other day. And they had long, long pages, but there was no button to scroll back to the top. She had to scroll, scroll, scroll to get back to the top. So they could have had a scroll to the top menu or they could have had a sticky header menu. So it was always there. Making your website easy to navigate, easy to get to different different pages, testimonial, social proof. Why are they all just on one page? No matter where someone is on your website, they should be within a couple of scrolls of a website. And relevant to the content. Yeah, and relevant to the content that they're reading. Like, nothing like that whole idea of a testimonials page and then you go there in the first like let's say you're, in our case you're looking for some help with your ads and you went to our non-existent testimonials page and the first three testimonials are all about websites mm. completely irrelevant and like it's all i can understand the case study section get that as long as you can filter to see the case studies that are relevant to you the point of a testimonial is it like when you're reading a magazine and they pull a quote out of the, of the text it's it's that key little bit of social proof information that gives you context to why you should read the rest and i think a lot of people just miss these easy wins i mean word about the best form of advertising but so few business owners are proactive in using it in their marketing whether that's their website whether that's mm. their social media whatever it might be so they're, they're relying more on on hope they hope that customers are out there telling all their friends and family about them but of course they're not because they've got their own shit to deal with no matter how much they love you they've got other things going on Rem- remembering to refer you or recommend you is just down there with like fucking changing the light bulb in the spare room mm. and so what can you do maybe what incentives can you offer to get a new customer so one who's just bought off you who's super excited they're in that initial initial period of happiness 
that's the time to ask them for a review. And there's all these things you can do to, to get that feedback, whether it's video, whether it's branded testimonials dotted across your website that would make it more likely that the viewer will do what you want them to do. Mm. Yeah, I, so it's, it's fascinating you were mentioning that scroll situation. Imagine that on a mobile, which is where most people are accessing now. If you can't quickly get to the menu or to the top of the page on a mobile, you've you've lost that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a typical example of a consumer. I think on my Chrome, on my iPhone at the moment, I've got 54 open tabs. You, if you go over 100, it turns into a smiley face, the, the thing. Because I'll see something on Facebook, I'll see something on Twitter, I'll see something on TikTok, I'll click it, save the tab. Oh, I'll show Andy that later, I'll show Hannah that later. And eventually... You build up a bloody load of things you're going to show people. Now, I'm not the only one doing that. So if you've made it then difficult to navigate, find your way around, get to the bit of information that you need, you lost it. Like yeah. you're competing with the other 54 tabs I've got open or whatever it is. Simplicity and clarity in all aspects of your marketing are just, those things are going to be even more important in 2024. Um, making it obvious what you do why you do what you do and what the benefit will be you know say say for example you say that i don't know a benefit of your business is um you get your own account manager you think that's great but chances are your viewer will be like okay so what it's a lot different so you get your own account manager unlike unlike yeah or so that you're covered 24 7 or so that you're always speaking to a familiar face but making it fucking obvious almost like you're writing to appeal to the slowest member of the yeah. herd. There's no polite way of <laughs> there's no fucking polite way of saying it. So so either people aren't blessed upstairs or the time is crucial. Everyone's busy, whether they are or they're not. They all think they're busy. So don't the less thinking required, well, the we, better. Yeah, we watched a a very good talk where somebody said basically assume that their reading age is that of an eleven year old, and you're about right because not they're not necessarily stupid. But they're in a rush, they're distracted, they've got three other things going on in their head at the at the moment that they're looking. So just play like that. And like a website should be what you do and who it's for, <laughs> why you, and then anything else that's required to support that decision. And like the best ones I've seen that are so obvious is like there was a there was a spell where there was a lot of female plumbers targeting women that live on their own. And I was like, that's brilliant. It's so, you don't, no more explanation needed, really. You could, you could get, you could definitely get away with a one page website for that kind of business. It's like thinking like that. It's like we're a marketing company for small business owners that want their ads to perform better. Like, what, what do you do? Well, it, like, if you don't know now, we're probably not for you, kind of thing. And it's, you know, how many other businesses are there out there that don't quite get that right? Accountants, solicitors, agricultural companies, where they, they're like just too broad brush and too almost behaving like Amazon and expecting people to get it. Like, oh, yeah, well, we sell parts for tractors. Okay, which tractors? And then it's like, and what are the parts for? So what kind of farmer would I need to be to, mm -hmm. like... it? You kind of have to ex over explain, and I, I find I find that like the amount of brands we met last year, particularly particularly clothing brands, is 
just a, oh, I'm going to set up this really cool clothing brand where we're the best brand in the market, but we're cheaper than everyone else. Oh, this makes no sense. What are you talking about? Like, who are you for? Oh, well, we're, we're for everyone, but we're for no yeah. one. And like, it's like, right, what demographic are you after? Well, teenage women and men over 50. Right, we've got a real problem here. Mm. Like, get really clear. And sometimes I think people get, and it's a marketing problem more than a website problem, they get so worried that they're getting too niche that then it affects all of their marketing materials, including their website. They try and be broad enough to to attract the person that might buy rather than the person that should buy. Uh, and, you know, that is difficult, that is, particularly if you're a service-based business. It's really difficult to say, uh, I'm an accountant just for drummers. But if you do do that, it makes your life a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, you know, just that always that temptation to niche. And like you say, imagine yeah, if you were an accountant just for musicians or just for drummers or whatever, fucking hell, you you you'd clean up. But that initial that initial pushback because yeah, if you're an accountant, I could help any business, and that's probably where most businesses are. And I'd say almost like the more established you are, the harder a challenge it becomes because you're so immersed in your industry, you know so much about what you do, you forget that your ideal customer doesn't. Yeah. And and I've got fucking, we're guilty of that. We've been doing marketing for so many fucking years. We'll, we'll write a line. And to us, it makes perfect, perfect sense. But then we always have to stop and think, right, what would our customer advertise? Yeah. I think, yeah, they wouldn't know what fucking metrics integration Integrated. is. <laughs> it's like, and, and yeah, it's, you, you've, you've got to, you've got to step out of the business because there's, there's theoretical thinking and there's reality. And let me tell you, and we struggle with this the most, sometimes that reality is depressing. We'll be like, how the fuck will someone not know what this means? Yeah. But if they don't, that could be the difference between a three-star holiday and a four-star holiday. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that, that's, that's the bottom line. That could be someone who was close to buying, but that little bit of confusion entered their mind, and then they were gone. And, it's, and that's it, what it, we're dealing with. And in like getting really clear. Age. Yeah, getting really clear on your market. Like... I don't know why this example popped into my head, but let's say uh, First Choice, I think it's Thompson, that group of holiday companies. If you go on there and narrow your search by five-star resorts in, let's say, um, Mauritius, that's going to serve you a very different set of five-star resorts to if you walked into a trail finder's outlet, they give you a cup of coffee and they show you their five-star resorts. It's a different market segment. Now, it, it, people would turn around and say, but five-star and five-star is the same, isn't it? It's like, well, no, five-star mm-hmm. is the top. So once you get to the top, how do you differentiate between... Six-stars, John. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think like, Dubai's gone to seven-stars now, hasn't it? Yeah, but it's that, exactly. It's that, like, they're aiming at different people. Like, the, the, when the Trail Finders uh, brochure comes in the post, it's an experience that you ain't getting that from first choice and neither is wrong, but they've, they've decided who they're going after and they're, they're sticking to their guns. And I, there's many websites I land on, whether it's investigating a prospect or looking at local businesses or national businesses or international businesses or speakers. And I, and I look at it and I'm like, who, who, who are you talking to? Who, 
who's this for? And it it's a weird thing to be like lost. Well, it comes back to chapter one of our book, doesn't it? Fuck everything else until you've sorted this. Yeah. You've got to know your customer. You know, again, you, you might get to that wonderful place like like some businesses who who their customer is Sue. There's a picture of Sue on the wall. It says how old she is, you know, that she's married. She has two teenage kids. She drives a BMW, et cetera, et cetera. And your marketing message can stray a little bit left and right of Sue, but ultimately it's Sue you're targeting. Yeah. And you've got to be okay with are they the people who might buy off me, but probably will be a pain in the ass. They ain't going to swim towards you, and that's and that's yeah. fine. If they're swimming away from you, that's a good thing. It's the people, it's the people who are there treading water, that devote so much of your time and patience. You'll 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 forget about the other people. Yeah, is it eighty percent of your income will come from twenty percent of your audience or whatever? Yeah. So that whole like, and I think when you start a business. And like a lot of the listeners on this podcast have maybe started a business without a pot to piss in. You know, I did. Mm. Like started from scratch. You of course don't niche in that instance. Now I'm not saying that's right, but you essentially you're, you're showing up to the opening of an envelope, and mm. you may be priced lower than you should be, and you're just trying to get some work through the door. I get that. But the first stage, once you've got some advertising budget and you're a little bit more established, maybe you've taken on your first office, is to then find your niche. And it's not until you're into the multi-millions that you then branch out again. And I don't think people grasp that. Like, I, that, actually, that like I'm an accountant for musicians is a is a nailed-on example of if 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 you are an accountant and and a musician as well, that is a great niche. And I don't think people realise that those opportunities are out there. Sometimes they worry that they're backing themselves into a corner. And like we we've met people. Who like so? What do you do? It's like I'm I'm a coach for coaches in just the fitness industry. Now, before I knew that space, I'd be like, "Is there enough people in that space for there to be a coach just for coaches in the fitness industry?" Mm. Yeah, pans out. <laughs> Half of the population are in that space, but it you know I I, I met someone, well, I spoke to someone today who's a coach for carpenters essentially, and I, it never crossed my mind. I mean, I know there's a lot of carpenters out there, but it never crossed my mind that they need a... We know someone who's a coach for people who sell flooring. Mm, I was just thinking of them, yeah. And it's like there these niches do exist. You know, like the bloody... like You'll know more than me, but the rise of martial arts at the moment, you know, it's really seeing oh, a massive, resurgence because yeah. of MMA. Lee Matthews come on the podcast next yeah, week, I think. MMA, Cobra Kai, all these things are like martial arts is booming again. That we know two different coaches for martial arts clubs. If you two years ago, if you told me that, I'd have laughed. But I guarantee that a mar- you show me a martial arts website, and I pretty much guarantee it will go on about confidence, balance, self-defense, and bloody hell, I know that some martial arts are fuck all use in self-defense, but they'll just say the same thing. And again, we talked earlier about being different just so for the sake of you're it. You're telling but... me you're going you're going to aikido me to death. <laughs> yeah, do some pretty dancing. Um, sorry if you're listening to that, Stephen Seagal. I love you. Um, I fight him though. What did we watch the other day? <laughs> he, he cleaned up in this bar. Used a um, Danny Nasanto took him on with two sticks, and so Stephen Seagal broke his pool cue into two. So he fought him and obviously beat the shit yeah. out. Fucking amazing scene. Can't remember the film, but Sounds yeah. Awful. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Um, but it, like Mark Twain said, if you find yourself on the side, side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. So if, if you're a martial artist and all your competitors' website bang on about... Confidence. Confidence yeah, yeah. and discipline. And so, now, important stuff, but you've got to make sure you've got a differentiator that comes across quickly. So that could be words, but it could be the imagery. So if you go to the Code Rate website, you'll see imagery, you'll see photos that it's highly unlikely you'll see on any other marketing agency websites. So one of the photos is... Of it's basically like your only sca- fans now, isn't well, it? It's, it's us in a skate park. Now... We know that some business owners will land on our website, see a load of blokes and women in crop tops, uh, not Joel, uh, hoodies, fucking baseball caps, whatever, and will think, Fuck, fucking hell, what are these guys? They aren't for me, and they'll go. Yeah, yeah. You've got that to be fucking okay. lads not been on skateboard in years. <laughs> you've, you've, Emma's putting our long balls on, the, on eBay. You, you've got to be okay with that, but there's always going to be that temptation. Well, well Joel, come on we're probably losing money here. Shouldn't we just put some shirts and shit flicker shoes on just so we don't lose those kind of people? It's like, no, you've got to come back to your customer avatar. If people are looking for suits and boots in their marketing agency, we are not for them. Yeah. 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 That's one of the many things we discuss. If someone comes towards us about a new website. Yeah. I had that exact conversation with one of their clients today. She said, the thing I like about you guys is, um, you're down to earth, approachable. There's no seeing me in a crop top. There's no, uh, there's no airs and graces, is what she said. And and I was like, well, it's, it's not strictly what we're like trying to portray. I mean, it's not a bad thing to portray, but it's that whole like, I, I did the years wearing a suit or wearing a shirt and trousers and shoes and feeling like I had to polish my shoes before every meeting, and it never really got me anywhere because people were judging me anyway. So I was like, well, if you're going to judge me, I might as well be myself. And then I've actually attracted a lot more business that mm. way. Um, and and not everyone agrees with that, and that's okay too. So there, there are agencies in our town that wear a suit every day or um, dress in office attire, and they do really well, and they attract people who also dress in office attire, and that's fine by me but i that has to be okay and and there'll be uh judo clubs jiu-jitsu clubs that attract people who are trying to keep fit and learn a bit of self-defense and there will be judo clubs jiu-jitsu clubs who attract people who want to hone their art and be incredibly proficient in their martial art and that's okay because if you i mean depending on how far you want to push it and, and how comfy you are dealing with negativity and negative people online if you were say a martial arts club and the martial art you did was actually effective in self-defense you could throw quite a lot of shade at some of your competitors Mm. always focus on yourself and your benefits first absolutely but to say something like certain martial arts whatever x y and z they might say they're good for self-defense but let me tell you why they're shit yeah, yeah. That will cause trouble, but bloody, you'll have a lot of viewers on your website that will perk up and go, oh, what's yeah. this guy or girl saying about this then? Now, again, if that's going to keep you up at night, don't do it. No matter what everyone tells you about being divisive and different, don't do it. But if you're like, injured, okay, that could be a good angle for you. Yeah, and I think you know, you're not saying to do that because we both know 
there aren't many martial arts out there that would advertise their benefits based on how violent they are. But yet that is also like the the element of controlled disciplined violence is the, is kind of the point. Is it's 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 I guess in this case application of techniques against the resisting opponent. Yeah. Because if you're in trouble... Which is not on, the same as violence. No, absolutely. Yeah. So if you're in trouble on the street, so you're not going to know what they're going to do. That's, that's yeah, the massive yeah. point. Like you and I are both proficient at judo. At one time, we were both pretty good at it. Um, and people used to say to me, well, what use is pyjama wrestling if you get into a scrap? And it's like, well, to be honest, no, I don't very often get punched in the face. But if they get within arm's reach of me, they're in a whole world of trouble because it's it's a very mm. useful skill for disabling people using their own momentum. I I know for a fact that karate doesn't fall into that category, that the most forms of karate, if you think you're hard and then you meet someone who is, you're in a whole world of trouble. And there's an opportunity there in your language on your website without being so bloody obvious that you're basically saying... You'll be able to take on any, you know, particularly jiu-jitsu. Most people that get into mixed martial arts have now come from a jiu-jitsu background. And that's a common theme, and it's no, it's no surprise. It's not a coincidence. You could, you could say that if you're serious about progressing in martial arts and being able to defend yourself, this, this is where you want to be. Versus, I don't know, Tai Chi. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, and, and, I, and I would say that most martial arts companies don't do that but I think there's probably every industry like we talk about accountants a lot there's probably an opportunity for accountants to go you know right this is what you get with me and this is generally what you'll get throughout this is what's endemic in our industry yeah, yeah. so you're not naming competitors I, or even I, types of accounts you're just saying this is what is common in our industry yeah. versus what I, I th do I think typically in the accounting world Every accountant, when you first meet them, says, we'll regularly catch up to tell you where you are with your finances. And then it always pans out you only meet up once a year. So there's one. Hmm. Because I think everybody expects, especially on like a marketing podcast, for us to say there's accountants that work for the tax man and there's accountants that don't work for the tax man. Which one are you? It's too... Fucking true. Too, too, too obvious, though, right? Like that's... One, you get yourself in trouble as an accountant if you said that. But it, it's... It's too obvious a differentiator, of course, will say that. But if you turn around and say, we we include a monthly or quarterly meeting with all of our clients, uh, unlike the accountants that you only see two weeks before your tax is due, or um, we look at the margins in your business to see how profitable you truly are, unlike the accountant that just tells you how much you owe at the end of the year. It's like that getting into the, the benefit to the end user at the same time as differentiating between the people who want a box tick exercise and the people who want a proactive accountant and you can apply that to everything like people saying that the high street's dying and it's all gone online they're not wrong but the people that have survived that are the ones that have shown the differentiating factor and embraced online at the same time mm -hmm. so like on a on a website podcast it's it's about saying how do you marry the two to make it work. So I, I've had a client in today who regularly attends events throughout the year with stuff to sell. And the whole game is to build her database so that her website sells more throughout the year. It wouldn't work without one without the other. I mean, we got high street clients and, yeah, there's many bricks and mortar businesses that I just wouldn't want to get into now. Mm. But 
they're doing really well, whereas some of their competitors have gone under and it could be COVID, whatever, genuine reasons. But they're saying it's it's our industry. Well, well, it's not because you've got competitors who are doing really well. So yeah. what are they doing that you haven't managed to do? Now, don't get me wrong. Again, there are certain industries I just wouldn't want to be anywhere near. They're just too fucking hard, to be honest. Like, yeah. You know, just times have thrown too much shit at them. But I don't know. So, say you're a bricks and mortar estate agent. Yeah, they're saying, "Oh, I've I've got to close up now because well, it's, it's all flat. It's yeah. a housing market. It's 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 Ukraine. It's all these bloody online estate agents that are shit." Well, okay, that might all be true, but why is that bricks and mortar estate agent literally round the corner from you? Why have they never had it and, so good? And that is what they were all saying four or five years ago. And now all the online estate agents are struggling like hell. Oh, where's Purple Bricks now? It's gone, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. You see them everywhere. And yeah. Their shares are up here. I think and then it's, I think it's, gone, I think it's up. gone, yeah. Or nearly gone. And I think uh, so. Something, there's something going on there. There's an opportunity there. And I, I think I, I completely appreciate that at Purple Bricks, I mean, I, I, we sold our house with Yopa, which is a similar sort of thing, where if you're let's say properties under £350,000, so there's quite a lot in the market, you're just going to want to find the service that's not going to cost you a lot and get you as much exposure as you can for your money. So as an estate agent on the high street, you want to differentiate yourself from that space. Mm -hmm. Now, in a town like Shrewsbury, where we're based, that's quite easy because there's a, there's a lot of big properties and farms. And But if you're in the middle of a built-up area where the average property price is one hundred and fifty grand. Mm. You you really got to rethink mm. what you're doing, and it might be that bloody hell. Well, actually, we only want to represent properties over seven figures mm. because we can't make this work on the old model. And I think, yeah, the, I mean that rate of change is only going to increase. Like the business, you know, cards on the table. The business model that worked for Code Break twelve months ago is not the business model that will work for us in the next twelve months. I mean, if you think about what we've seen since we've been in business, stuff that we used to charge for and charge a decent whack for that we just can't offer now because of, I, I know, say for example, like, I mean, years and years and years ago, we design ads, say, for yeah. a magazine, right? There are people out there now, my daughters use Canva, right? To a standard that's better than some graphic yeah. designers. And yeah, it's yeah. like, so yeah, so why would I pay Andy and Joel 400 quid to do me this half page when I can do a decent enough job in Canva. Now, your your efforts in Canva might be shit, but they also could be amazing. So there's quite a few services we used to offer back in the day that we just can't offer now. So so this affects every industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got to deal with those facts. That you can't bury your head in the sand and just moan and, and groan. It's like, okay, well, this has happened. What can I do now and move forward yeah, with it? Yeah, and that that rate of change is only going to increase. Like the website. So we do know websites that haven't been touched for three, four years. Okay, if you're not having regular chats with your web guys and girls, then you're probably missing a trick because your website might have worked two years ago, but, oh, if you notice that, you know, number of hits is down and number of clicks is down and conversions, you've got to be on top of that. Cause I'd say someone that hasn't looked at their website for three years doesn't know how many hits, clicks and conversions they've had, and that's a real... That's a whole other podcast, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, well, got a quick last point to get across now, which we've sort of talked about: the importance of pain stacking. Um, I hate so, that phrase. Is that? I know we're trying to wrap up. Um, 
oh, that's that's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I mean it in the sense that, like, I think we're we're in a so pain stacking for uh, the uninitiated is when you load up the problems. I'm that, demonstrating twisting a knife. Twisting, yeah, you load up the problems that your prospective customer might have. So you're, but what what you're really doing is showing that you understand the problem that they have. What some what you might say unscrupulous marketers have done in the last few years is tried to heighten the level of stress to then um, get you to make a decision you otherwise wouldn't make. And that's not what we're saying. We're saying that your website should clearly show, or your social media or whatever it might be, should clearly show that you empathise with the position that your perfect customer is in. Yeah, so I mean this... Also, one of the example, one of the best examples I still have is like will writers. Yeah. So what they'll say when they're networking, or you've got a will writer that says, you know, I, I write wills, um, and so there's no confusion. Yeah, yeah. Everyone gets what they want, but compared to a will writer that says, you know, do, do, you know, do you know what could happen if you're on your second marriage, and you know that your kids might not get what they're entitled to, and they'll twist the knife a bit, and there are good ways of doing it and bad ways of doing it. But sometimes there's pain or problems that you need to let people know they have. And the likes of Apple will do it with a pain you, you didn't even know you had. Why am I in pain? Because I don't have an iPad. What is this iPad invention? Then you get an iPad. You're like, how the fuck did I manage without this? Um, I'd like to do that with their but, Vision Pro. They've um, just announced oh, that. What's that? That's the augmented reality goggles. That... Oh, right. Fucking hell, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Evie and Poddy here, they're on a... Um, the fire course yesterday and in the old days you used to like practice with real fire extinguishers but now it's all like VR. virtual reality fire extinguishers which is weird um but yeah people would rather seek um people would rather avoid pain than seek pleasure so talk about the benefits but also do make it clear what you might struggle with without your kind of service yeah. um and when it comes to messaging that is important but like you say there are there are, if we look at gyms, for example, right, here's my new treadmills. I've got loads of them. Um, so, so the benefit is you don't have to queue, for example. Yeah. You don't have to wait your turn. Some gyms would really turn and I would say, yeah, you know, you, yeah, you worried about looking fat on the beach this summer. And they'll yeah. really dig at things like, and I've got to be honest, that's down to you whether you want to go that far. But there's, there's a lot of coaches that, oh, that take that approach. Oh, like, even using the word fat now is enough to, to cause controversy and, yeah. and get a conversation started, which is a whole clickbait. Yeah, I think that's what I was getting at, is the difference between clickbait and creating stress and showing empathy through clever language. So, like, you know, you might stumble across a website that says, look, we understand... Like, a website selling websites, for example. Like, we, we understand there's nothing worse than spending thousands on getting your website built to then find it's like crickets mm. uh, and, and to top it off you launch a google ads campaign to drive traffic at it and nothing happens that would be that's pain pain like true pain we could turn around and say there's nothing worse than being fucked over by a web agency oh i like that let me write that down <laughs> uh, and then to top it off when you've complained they've turned your website off it's like it's a bit um 
keep going, Joel. This is fucking yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I think it's that like polarization that the media use. That and- did happen with uh, someone who we didn't accept as a client recently, actually, because uh, yeah, their their website um, had been taken down by the web designer, and he was he was fucking fuming about it. And then it turned out he'd only paid half his bill. It's like, well, yeah. what do you fucking expect? Yeah, there's there's always two sides to a story. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. I think like you've you've got to be really aligned. Like the number one thing for your website: get really aligned with what the user wants and what the user's going through. Mm, yes. And then yeah. talk talk to them on their terms. Empathy. And what a lot of websites do is just shout. You've got to put yourself in your in your customer's shoes you think right what what are the struggles they're having how how are they feeling and how can i deliver value to help them nice to make them feel better get better results whatever it might be and you know as we're always told questions are the steering wheel of the mind so if if you're ever having conversation with a potential supplier for, for anything to be honest and they're not asking questions chances are you ain't going to get the service you deserve yeah, yeah, yeah. And the more you're paying for something, the more questions someone should ask, basically. Exactly. So what do people need to do if they want to talk about websites some more, Andy? Oh, so funny you should ask, Joel. Visit codebreak.co.uk and book a free call. Take care, everybody. 